you know, instead of spending money on ads, we'd rather give the money to you. So I think that's the essence of referral programs. At the end of the day, most referrals are going to happen because your products are good and they're useful and your customers believe that they're also useful for their friends and family. But incentives are important. And giving high incentives means that your referral program is going to work better because people are going to be incentivized to go out and refer. And so if you can understand that, sure, I'm giving a cut or I'm giving a commission or I'm giving a discount to my customers in exchange for referring, I'm not making 100% of the sale. But in terms of performance, it's more cost effective than any sort of ad that you can run because you don't have to set a budget beforehand. You're just paying kind of like as sales starts to roll in. You're listening to the Paris Talks Marketing Podcast, where we interview top marketing leaders at high growth SaaS and other recurring revenue-based companies. Our goal with this podcast is to cut through the fluff and jargon of digital marketing to reveal what's really working at some of the fastest growing, most successful SaaS companies today. The Paris Talks Marketing Podcast is sponsored by Hop Online, a performance growth marketing agency. If you like this episode and would like to have a similar conversation with someone at our agency, just go to hop.online, H-O-P.online, and book a discovery call with one of our strategists today. Now, let's get into the episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Paris Talks Marketing. Today, my guest is Raul Galera, and Raul is the partnerships lead at Referral Candy, which is an app that allows e-commerce brands to set up and run customer referral programs. Founded 10 years ago, Referral Candy has helped over 30,000 brands leverage the power of word of mouth and turn their customer base into their marketing team. Raul has been leading Referral Candy's partnership efforts for the past five years, working alongside marketing agencies, media, and tech companies. So Raul, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. So how did you get into this business of referral marketing and what drives you with referral marketing? Yeah, so it's actually kind of funny story. So I've always been involved in business development, sales. Um, Well, I'm saying always, but, you know, (laughs) I finished finished college in 2013 and that's when I actually started working. But I, right after college, I moved to Chile to work for a startup acceleration program called Startup Chile. I started doing sales and and biz dev and I realized that's something I, I liked. It was offering recruitment services for startups and tech companies. They were, you know, building their own projects. They were, you know, building something in in tech, which is something I wanted to get involved in. Um, So I started looking for companies that were hiring for, hopefully for remote positions, which wasn't that common back in 2016. And I came across Referral Candy. They had a, they had a sales position open on, on AngelList. And so I figured that a lot of people would apply to to that one. Um, so I actually emailed the, the CEO directly, Dinesh, and I told them you know, why I wanted to join the company. I actually, one of the things that kind of attracted me to Referral Candy at first was the fact that, well, I hadn't really heard of you know referrals in the past as a, as a way of, of kind of like acquiring new business. We we were getting referrals at my previous company, and you know we'll get inbound leads that were coming from referrals. But I didn't know that you could systemize it as a you know in terms of like building some sort of marketing channel around it. So uh, I like the fact that we you were basically turning your customer base into your sales team. I felt like that was you know kind of a way of doing you know pretty honest marketing. If your customers love it, it's that's honestly the best promotion you can get. Um, so yeah, I reached out to to the CEO. Uh, we had a couple conversations, and <laughs> the rest is history. 
That's cool. And so for those who are not familiar, can you describe or help us define what is referral marketing? Because some people tend to mix this up with influencer marketing and sometimes yep. affiliate marketing. Can you just help us understand what is referral marketing and why is it different than influencer marketing or affiliate marketing? So they're all under the umbrella of word of mouth. And word of mouth is probably the oldest, not only marketing channel, but communication you know, method that we've used uh, in, you know, in, in history. That's, that's the way that stories were you know, passed along over generations. So it's, it's nothing new. Word of mouth, it's, it's, it's been here for a while. And so what we understand about word of mouth these days is basically creating some sort of bus or some sort of talk around your brand, about your product, around your company, you know, whatever it is that you're, that you're selling. And so if you can get your customers to talk to their friends and family about it, which is something they're probably already doing naturally because buying online is something we do on a regular basis the same way that we watch netflix shows we go to restaurants and we now thankfully travel again right so all, those are all activities that we're doing and that we're telling our friends and family about it so if you can build a system around that word of mouth that's already happening first of all you're going to be able to track how much of your business it's been driven through referrals which is something that you couldn't really test before if i tell my friend to go buy this t-shirt and he goes and buys it the store will never know that i actually you know made that referral or actually drove him new business so Again, it's a good way of tracking it. And then the second thing that you can do is to basically make sure that you can incentivize your customers to keep referring their friends even more, which is what you want to do. And so referral marketing, it's exactly that. It's building a system that tracks and incentivizes customers to go out and refer their friends. And referral marketing, it's mostly focused on customers, while affiliate marketing, it's mostly related to people that might have some sort of audience. Like if you have a, a podcast or a YouTube show or a blog, you know, whatever it is, you can influence people and you can incentivize purchases, but it's not necessarily friends referring each other. Same way with influencer marketing. People who are influencers have an audience and they can drive purchases, but the communication is not two-way. If an influencer promotes a product, it's not the same as if my friend is promoting the product to me, which I'm so close to my friend that I can actually probably you know touch the product, feel it, use it before I actually buy it. So I think that's why, even though they're all under the same umbrella of word of mouth, I think that's why referral marketing, it's so powerful because it happens in your very, very, very close, um, the closest circle of, of friends and, and people around you that you have. Yeah. And now influencer marketing, and really th this is about just famous people. I tend to associate that with Instagram more than any other <laughs> social media, but th this is really just about trying to go mass market. So if you're an e-commerce brand that's just selling something really mass market, Market. That's when I feel like influencer marketing could be a good ROI if you have just famous people with tons of followers. But there's no real relationship between that influencer and the brand. They're really, really just getting paid and giving exposure to their audience. Whereas with referral marketing, I think these are actual customers who can truly vouch for the product. And, and I remember the affiliate marketing to me really seems to be where it all started from maybe 15 plus years ago when you could finally just track, you could track these referrals with links. And when, yep. when you give someone an affiliate link and that link was shared and someone clicked and purchased, then that could be tracked back to the referrer. But I remember affiliate marketing really just being where some of the savviest online marketers would go and they weren't necessarily loyal fans or customers at all of the businesses. They were just really good at marketing. So they could build pages that would outrank and outperform the actual brand and then just sell the brand back their own customers as an, as an affiliate and earn commission. But now we're, we're in the age of, I think, real referral marketing where e-commerce brands and other types of brands, including SaaS brands, they can identify their most loyal and most valuable customer base. And, and they can now in incentivize those people to help grow the business and help promote. 
I'm also curious. So is there anything that is really now, what, what do you see as some of the really future trends in, in referral marketing? Yeah. So I would, I would mention two. And I'll start with influencer marketing because it's something that we see more and more brands getting interested in it. So a lot of our customers actually, they run two separate referral candy accounts, one of them for their customers just to run a, a traditional referral program and the other one to work with influencers. And the way they're working with these influencers is that they give them a referral link and they can place on their, you know, on their sites, mostly on Instagram or TikTok, and then drive purchases from there. And so they, they're working with these influencers in a kind of performance-based type of way, unlike how traditional influencer marketing works, which is, you know, you pay the influencer, the influencer creates content, and then it's up to you to figure out how many purchases that post or that series of posts actually drove to your site. One thing that I've seen about, and I, I totally agree with you about the fact that basically getting famous people to promote your brand. We are constantly exposed to marketing. When we see somebody promoting a product on Instagram, we know that they don't they don't need to tell us through a promoted tag. We know that the product's being promoted and there's some sort of compensation behind it. But there's also influencer marketing that you can do with smaller influencers, people that have maybe 10, 20K followers. And those are people that are not necessarily famous yet. The reason why they have grown their audience is because their audience trusts them or they believe that they're good at whatever it is they're doing. And we typically think about the kind of like the fashion and beauty influencers influencers, but there's influencers for everything. We have brands that are in the cleaning supplies industry and they have influencers they work with, which are experts on cleaning supplies. I love, you know, surfing and basketball. And I, I follow influencers that are good at showing me content or telling me about both of those sports. So it's not necessarily just kind of like the fashion or the beauty influencer. There's, there's literally influencer for every single category. And that's where brands can really leverage that right now. And it's a good evolution from a few years ago when it was just basically new famous people, like new people that weren't actors or singers, but they were just famous, <laughs> which still happens, right? But but there's this, audio, this other kind of like nature of influencers now. And the second one, the second trend that I've seen over the past few years is community marketing. So more and more brands are realizing that the reason why they launched their company, the reason why their products are in the market is because they wanted to provide something that didn't exist before or something better than what existed before. And their company mission, it's it's strong enough that they can connect with their customers beyond their products. They're not just a company selling products. They are a company with a mission and their customers understand that mission. And also the customers among themselves have values that they share. So if you can put all these, you know, kind of three items in, in common, it, it can be a, a huge win for your company because now it, now you're not, not only having loyal customers, you have loyal members of your community. I'll give a very quick example. So we, we have a customer sure. in the UK which sells books, which is probably one of the most, you know, it's basically a commodity these days, right? Selling books and especially when you have Amazon competing with you. The different, what makes them different is that, uh, well, as a company, it's, it's called a box of stories. And so every month they send you a box with, I think, five books from authors that you might have never heard of. And so the goal is that th their company mission is that there's lots of books and lots of authors that never make it to the general public because writing is such a winner takes all type of market that most writers, you know, just never make it. And so, but they think that those are still good pieces that there are good writers out there. So basically they just pick authors that are not famous and they kind of distribute them among their, their customer base in this subscription business. So on top of that, they've built a, a Facebook group that's a book club. So every month, well, again, 
every day people just go into this Facebook group to comment on what they're reading, what they're going to read next, ask for suggestions. And so they're not necessarily talking about a box of stories. They're not necessarily talking about their products, but because the community is hosted by a box of stories, they have been able to create a very loyal community of members that are now they don't have any other reason to leave the, the products that are purchasing every single month. So I think that creating that deeper connection, it's what's going to help companies succeed in the long run, especially now over the past few years that we've seen so much competition in the space, ads getting more expensive. You need to find a way to connect with your audience beyond just your product or your price. Yeah, absolutely. Raul, have, are you familiar with the concept of Web3? Out of life, I say that I am. <laughs> I, I want to bring this up because my understanding, and this was described to me in a previous episode when we hosted Kieran Flanagan from HubSpot, and he's a very huge proponent of Web3. And the way he described it was that what you can do is you can take your most loyal customers and then you can give them tokens. So it's a little bit like an NFT type of a model where you can tokenize some part of the, of the actual equity in your business. And you can give those coins or those tokens to your most valuable customers and say, okay, Raul, here, here you go. These are 10 tokens. And this represents, I don't know, 0.1% of equity in the company. And today th these are valued at $1,000. But you, you have this influence. You're one of our best customers. It's up to you to go out and, and increase the value of this coin that we've gifted you. So you're effectively still turning your best customers into a, into a marketing force. But rather than paying, let's say, Google ads or Facebook ads to bring in all of that growth, you're really kind of taking the same amount of value in and you're tokenizing it and giving it to your customers. And, and yep. you want the customers to then more virally, naturally go out and market the product. And this is, well, I don't know if that's entirely Web3, but that's one big aspect of Web3. Do you think that this is something that could be the evolution of referral marketing? Totally. Uh, and, and the example that you just mentioned reminded me to, I was, I was nodding because it reminded me to one of our customers who actually have a case study about on our on our site. They sell, so it's called Baron Fig. They sell notebooks and kind of like all their productivity tools. And on their site, mm -hmm. they have a, a section for their referral program. Um, and I think they give some sort of cash reward to customers who refer their friends. So if you refer a friend and your friend mm -hmm. makes a purchase, your friend gets a discount on their first purchase, which incentivizes them to buy for the first time. But you as the mm -hmm. existing customer also get uh, a cash reward. And what I, what I liked about that program is that they have on that page that I mentioned, they have a note from the team. They, in, in three paragraphs, they explain why they are running this referral program. And one of the things they say is exactly what you just mentioned about not giving money to Facebook and Google. I don't think they, they explicitly mentioned Facebook and Google, but they say so yeah i mean i think that i've seen it i mean that not necessarily in, in web3 but i remember i think it's browser brave uh, i don't know if you're familiar mm -hmm. with that browser i think it's based on on chrome technology but their whole idea is that when you see an ad you're getting kind of like a revenue share of that ad like they don't take mm -hmm. brave doesn't take 100 percent of what the company has paid for the ad you get part of it for looking at the ad and they pay you on coins that you can also like oh, you said okay. resell and you know like in other in other kind of markets so i like that i mean i think it's at the end of the day it's creating a deeper connection with your customer base giving them skin in the game basically if you're making them part owners of your company it's going to be in their best interest that mm -hmm. your company succeeds succeeded so it's not going to be just getting commissions it's about maybe even incentivizing even more to refer more friends and make sure the company goes well because if the company yeah. goes well and they make money you're going to make money too yeah, I think one of the key differences with Web3 is that it creates a long-term incentive for those referrers or those customers, as opposed to a short-term, more transactional incentive. So with affiliate marketing and with most referral marketing programs, people are acting because they can earn rewards in the moment. 
They can earn discounts or cash in the moment. And that has immediate value. Yep. But with something like Web3, it's more like a, lo a long-term investment. So I won't really receive instant benefits, but if I can increase the value of my coin by 10 times over the next, I don't know, maybe a couple of years, if it's a hot startup or something, well, then that could be worth a lot more in the long-term, but there's not the immediate payback. And I think that's also another, another difference is that you're aligning the long-term interests of the company and the owners and the investors of the company with the customers. I wanted to ask you about referral marketing in the mix alongside inbound and outbound. I typically think about digital marketing really being divided into three big buckets, inbound, outbound, and referrals. And I would also say referrals and partnerships and everything else. Now, I presume that most of your customers are driving a lot of sales through referrals, but overall in the market, I sense that a lot of e-commerce brands and also SaaS companies are underutilizing referrals. What do you think is a healthy ratio of driving your growth of customer acquisitions or sales through inbound versus outbound versus referrals? That's a good question. So we actually have a metric internally, well, not necessarily just internally, but we, we show our customers in their in their dashboard, what we call the referral rate, which is the percentage of sales that are coming from your referral program compared to your total sales. And the baseline that we use, uh, so actually, if you go to our pricing page, you're going to see an ROI calculator. And that, that well, the baseline that we use, it's, it's 2%. So that 2% means that if you launch the referral program, if you set the rewards with our recommendations, if you set some sort of cadence to invite new customers to join the program and also remind them about the program, you should be able to see a 2% increase in sales every month, at least. Now, that 2% is it's new revenue. So it's 2% of new customers buying from you for the first time in that particular month, which means that those are customers that depending on your lifetime value, they're going to come back in the future, they're going to spend more. And also there's research out there that explains that referred customers spend more and stick around for longer than customers have were acquired through other channels. But again, it's now, like I said, 2% it's kind of a baseline of what we typically see and kind of like we can not assure, but we can tell customers that's something that they should be able to see. Now, 10%, it's not outrageous. It's something that we see on a somewhat regular basis. I've seen a lot of customers and actually quite a few of our case studies that we have on our site have been able to reach a 10% referral rate, which means that every month they have 10% of their orders coming from brand new customers that have never been to the site before. And also those customers were acquired in exchange for a discount or a commission to the friend that made the recommendation. So they're not, they haven't been acquired through paid ads. You know, you didn't have to set a budget to acquire that customer. You're making, depending on your margins, you might be making a profit on the first purchase, which is something that a lot of mm -hmm. e-commerce stores are unfortunately not being able to, to see. I also recently read, I think it was an e-marketer that said that Facebook makes, or like e-commerce stores pay to Facebook in 2021. They pay to Facebook more than what they make in net profit. So basically Facebook is making more money than e-commerce stores are making themselves from the same e-commerce store, right? So it's, it's kind of mind-blowing. So that's not sustainable. Yeah, I was going to say that that doesn't sound sustainable at all. It, it is not sustainable that an external company is making more money than, than you are in net profit just to keep the, the store running. I mean, Facebook ads are necessary. Don't get me wrong. And Google ads, you know, they're, they're all necessary, but it's good to diversify. So yeah, 10%, it's definitely not outrageous. It's something that we've definitely seen. And we even have some outliers that have been able to grow over 30%, have over 30% of their orders coming mm -hmm. from referrals, which is, that's a really good number. We don't, we don't see it that often. But like I said, yeah, baseline 2% should be able to achieve. Again, if you have obviously product market fit, customer satisfaction, a decent volume of orders. Like if you're not getting like at least hundred orders a month, it might be a little bit too early, but if you're anywhere between 500 and a thousand orders a month, it shouldn't be too difficult to reach that, that initial 2% and then grow from there. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. How well does referral marketing scale? If an e-commerce store becomes really, really big, can they still sustain that 2% average or over time, does that start to erode as the, as the volume of orders scales? That's a good question. I've seen both. I've seen e-commerce stores that have started with 5 7%. And as the store grew and all their channels grew faster, that referral rate decreased. But I think it has a lot to do with kind of like what's the emphasis that your team is putting in, in referral marketing as part of the marketing mix. So are your rewards or incentives, are they good enough? Are they driving people to the store? Uh, we I see a lot of referral programs that are offering discounts that are easily available on the site. So if mm -hmm. I'm referring you to a store so you can buy a product that I just bought or a product that I loved and the incentives that I can give you from my referral link is 10%, but it seems like there's a 15% coupon that you can grab when you're about to leave the store. Or if you put something in the car and you leave, you get a 20% coupon on your on your email. The referral might be there, but you're not. it's not going to count as a, as a referral because the purchase was made with a different coupon code. And so it's something that I sometimes I struggle you know, communicating to e-commerce stores is that you need to make your customers feel special and you also need to make their friends feel special. And so if you're offering a coupon code they can find anywhere else on the site, they're not going to feel special. We, we had the case of this e-commerce store that a couple of years ago, they had a, a good referral program. It was working well, but sales would drop every single weekend and we didn't know why. And it turns out after getting on a call with them, it turn, turns out, first of all, the weekends were their best selling days of the week, but it turns out that they had a, a, a sidewide promotion every single weekend and the rewards and the, the coupons were much higher than what you get from a referral program. So if I refer a friend and I get a 20% discount, but I go to the store and I realize that if I wait until Saturday, I can use a 30% coupon, why would I use a 20% discount when I can use 30, right? So that's something I, I typically see that's kind of holding back some of these referral programs because they their incentives are not attractive enough and you need to make them attractive. Your customers are going to refer no matter what, if you have a good product, but you need to go kind of that extra mile. I see that there are generally four types of incentives that you call out on the website. There's yeah. the percentage discount. I presume that's the most common. Yeah. There's a straight dollar discount or a fixed amount. Yeah. There's cash. And then there's a custom gift. Yeah. Is there any statistics? Do you have any statistics around which of those could be more effective or is it determined more by the type of business it is or the type of product? I think it really, yeah, it really depends on the, on the product. I, I typically prefer to go with coupons. Like if you're, if you're an e-commerce store and you're asking me, what should I do? I will go for discounts. If you're offering a product that your customers can buy on a regular basis, offer discounts because you're giving them an incentive mm -hmm. to refer, but also an incentive to buy again from you. But I know stores that have been able to run really highly successful referral programs offering gifts. We have a customer called Riff Raff and Co and they sell sleeping toys for babies and toddlers. And so initially when parents buy one of these toys, they buy one because that's pretty much all the, the kid uh, needs, right? So they're probably not going to buy another one soon, but they still want them to incentivize. They, they want to incentivize these customers to go out and refer. And so what they've done is that if you refer five friends and five parents make one purchase each, you're going to get another toy in the mail for free, right? And, you know, it's, it's a nice incentive. It's, it's something that it, maybe they wouldn't have bought unless mm -hmm. it breaks or, you know, whatever. But maybe I'm assuming their retention is not that high unless they have all their other products now, but then other Parents are mostly just going to buy one, but getting another one in the mail, it's cool. Like the kid's going to like it. That is nice. Yeah. And so that's a really good incentive. And the, the referral program has worked really well with that incentive. We have another one called Thread Beast, and they sell you a subscription service for streetwear. So you get a box and you might get like a t-shirt, a pair of jeans, a belt, a hat, and you get this pack delivered to your house every month. Now, if you refer a friend, your friend gets some sort of discount on their first purchase. So they get incentivized to try it for the first time. But for every friend that you refer, 
you'll get another box the following month. So no, nice. If you That's go in, yeah, it, it really is. And if you go, if you go on YouTube, you're gonna see tons of videos probably uploaded this week of people unboxing their thread beasts mm -hmm. boxes and sharing their referral links in the description because they know that mm -hmm. you know anybody who makes a purchase are gonna get double the clothes. We have another one called Woven that they sell. They sell T-shirts, and uh, it's it's pretty cool because they sell T-shirts that only have they only produce one design per month. They sell it that month and they never print it again. So you know it's kind of like that scarcity that incentivizes people to stay. I've I've actually subscribed. I have like four or five t-shirts from them. And the referral program, it's really cool because if you refer a friend, the friend gets 50% off. So why wouldn't they try it? And you get, oh, your next subscription as an advocate, your next subscription is it's free. So it's Great. it's very generous. That's why they work. How many of your, I guess you have a lot of subscription box customers at Referral Candy. About how many or what percentage of your customer base are these types of businesses with a subscription box? That's a good question. I, I don't really know the number, but I would say that they're probably the industry vertical that works the best because mm -hmm. when you are on a subscription basis, your customer is so convinced about your product that they are not even going to bother to go on your site and buy it. They just wanted to get it delivered to their house every single month, charge on their credit card. You know, I trust you. You know, I, I don't care. Just, just give it to me, right? Those are the best customers. Those are the most loyal customers. And mm -hmm. so that's obviously going to incentivize them to, to refer, but at the same time, when you get something delivered to you every month, that becomes part of your daily life. And it's more likely mm -hmm. that you're going to talk about it to their friends and family. And yeah. it's more likely that their your friends are going to see it. Another one of our, another example of this is Branch Basics. They sell, I would say healthy, clean supplies in the sense that they're not harmful, they don't irritate your, your skin or anything like that. And at the same time, the way they sell it to you is that they give you a set of bottles and spray bottles that you can keep uh, at home. And then they just, every month they send you refills in terms of kind of concentrate. Mm -hmm powder that you can put in the bottle, fill it with water, and you know they're good to go. That's something that your friends are probably going to see it. If they come over for dinner, you're probably going to show them because they might have, uh, haven't seen that, that brand before. So that kind of, that strikes a conversation. And so, yeah, when you're able to replace something so common that we do on autopilot, which is like buying clean supplies and mm -hmm. turn it into kind of like a fun experience, you're definitely going to talk about it. So yeah, yeah. subscriptions. I think that generally I see a big trend of e-commerce trying to launch subscription boxes and subscription services in general for any kind of I mean, repeatable type of purchase. And I think that the, the categories keep extending and extending. So you yep. have, you mentioned t-shirts and you mentioned, well, certain clothing. Books. Um, yeah, books books and, and wine. And, and these are yep. these were some of the early movers in that, in that category. But I think just generally the people's buying preferences are changing too. And the younger generations are more comfortable, I suppose, just buying almost everything in their life on, on a subscription including including food their clothes well, well they probably pay rent to the original subscription <laughs> product uh, house as a service <laughs> right so that everything everything is just a monthly a monthly fee and you just keep getting everything that you like and what you need and you get surprised and delighted sometimes with with things yeah. so there's that element too and i think that just naturally lends itself to referral to the re referral marketing in general. So I can't let you off of this interview without asking you th this question, Raul, which is how much of your new customer acquisition at Referral Candy comes from <laughs> referrals? That's a good question. We have an affiliate program and mm -hmm. anybody can sign up. It's something we launched kind of recently, so I can't really, it's not really making a, that big of an impact right now. But I would say that a lot of our new customers come from partnerships. We are partners with, as you can imagine, Shopify, with 
WooCommerce, with you know, BigCommerce, Magento, like all the all the kind of major e-commerce platforms. And that's what brings a lot of obviously new signups every month. It's people that are launching their stores and they see us in there and they discover referral candy in the app directory. Other tech companies like Clavio, for example, they they also have a partner directory since we integrate with them. The Clavio customers can see us there. And so yeah, I've not I don't know. So I'm I'm sure it's happening in terms of e-commerce stores referring each other. It's just that our system hasn't really been able to track them uh, yet. But yeah, in terms of partnerships, yes, from tech companies, also from agencies, which is kind of what I what I manage as well. We we have a lot of agencies that are using our product for their customers, and so yeah, that's also one of the ways that we're attracting new signups. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, digital agencies like ours. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now a quick word from our sponsor. The Paris Talks Marketing Show is affiliated with Hop Online, a performance marketing agency focused on high-growth SaaS and other recurring revenue-based companies. If you like the flow of this conversation, you may want to consider jumping on a discovery call with someone at Hop Online. A discovery call is similar to my podcast interviews in a lot of ways. We'll get to know your business goals, competitive landscape, and marketing needs. And you'll almost certainly come away with some new ideas for how to accelerate your customer and revenue growth. If you're interested, go to hop.online, that's hop, H-O-P, dot online, and book a discovery call with one of our strategists today. Now, back to the episode. That's a very interesting. Well, Raul, I, I think it's time for some rapid fire questions now. I gave you a warning about this earlier <laughs> in the show. Are you ready to go through some of these? I'm ready. Okay. From the channels that you're currently using as part of your marketing, pick three to either kiss, marry, or kill. Okay. Kiss video content, mostly because it's something we're starting to experiment now. And it turns out that it's a channel that we might might have been underutilizing. So that's the one. Marry partnerships, just because of kind of like the long-term approach that, that you have there. And then kill, I was going to say ads, but not necessarily. They're kind of a necessary evil, so you can't really get rid mm-hmm. of them. I don't know. I would say, well, okay, we killed uh, link building <laughs> a few years ago okay. and uh, actually about a year ago and nothing really changed. So yeah, probably a good kill. Yeah. All right. Next question is, what's the worst commercial you've ever seen or recently seen and what makes it so bad? Okay. I'm going to go with a classic here, which is the Pepsi commercial mm-hmm. from uh, one of the Kardashians. I can I don't remember her name. It's bad. I mean, it's just, it's bad because it's not credible. Mm-hmm. And I know it's it's an ad, right? You, know, you can't really ask them to be you know, super connect with you perfectly, but that was really out of touch. You can't just run an ad that it's totally out of touch and something that's not going to connect in any way with your customers. Yeah. I don't imagine that any of the Kardashians actually drink soda on a regular basis. Yeah. Or, or go to protests, you know, like uh, demonstrations or anything like that. So, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> big no. <laughs> okay. Next one, what marketing win in the last year surprised you the most? Uh, like I said, video. Yeah. We've always, so we have a video, I mean, we have a bunch of videos on our on our YouTube channel, but more specifically, a couple of years ago, I created kind of like a 30 minute, 30 minute demo video explaining how referral candy works. It's same background myself here and just kind of going through a screen and showing people how to set up a referral program. And at the end of the webinar, I give my email address and you'd be surprised how many emails I get from people that have follow-up questions. And when I set it up, I didn't expect people to watch more than five minutes because who watches a 30 minute video these days but turns mm-hmm. out turns out they do uh, and we've actually managed to get some really interesting leads i realized that the leads that we're getting from that even though it's probably in terms of absolute numbers it's not one of our main channels at all but mm-hmm. the quality of the leads that we get 
are pretty high because it's people that, again, they probably had the need for a referral program. They sat down for 30 minutes to watch the whole thing. And then they had follow-up questions, which means that they're serious about it. So yeah, that was definitely our biggest win. Yeah, I, think. I noticed that. I, I'm sure that's the video that's on your How It Works page. Yep, exactly. Right? Yep. It used to, that's a bold move. We used to have it on just on YouTube. Now we put it on the on the How It Works page. because That is a very unique move. I don't think I've ever seen a, a SaaS company put a 30-minute video on such an important page. That's probably your number two page after your homepage. Yep. The How It Works page. So yep. that's a bold move and, and uh, hats off for that for that bold move. I have to Probably. say that I wasn't very convinced. It was it was one of our, our uh, somebody from our product team who suggested that we put it there. And at first I I wasn't too sure about it because again it's a thirty minute video. Like who watches that? But but mm-hmm. no. Uh, so yeah, props to to her too, uh, to my colleague Sheen because she she had the idea of of putting it up there. Nice. All right. Next question. What project gave you the most trouble, but ultimately gave you the biggest rewards? I would say working with agencies at first gave me troubles because um, initially when when we first started working on on launching the the agency program a while ago, we focused more on what can we give back to the agencies in terms of payouts to incentivize them to promote referral candy with their customer base. And it took me a while to realize, and after a lot of conversations with agency owners, to realize that that's not their main driver. Mm-hmm. So we switched our approach to, again, I mean, not only providing the best possible product that we have, but also providing something on top of that. And that that speaks to agency owners directly. So yeah, it was rewarding, but yeah, we had to walk through the desert for a while. Yeah. All right. Next question. What's the most useless talent that you have? <laughs> um, man, I don't know. Um, I, I don't. I don't think I have many talents. So that's that's why. <laughs> and I want to I think. I heard that you like basketball and surfing. Oh um, yeah. Is that was that a true story? Okay. It is. No, it is a true story. I, I wouldn't say I'm a natural talent for any of them. Uh, just. It's just that when I get obsessed with a sport, I'm all in. So I, I, mm-hmm. I, my idea on how to get good at anything is just hours. Just spend hours and hours and hours doing it. So I don't think I had a natural talent for basketball. I also don't have the height, so I, you know, <laughs> can't really do much about that. I, um, I know what you're talking about there. Yeah, I've always <laughs> my sports career. I was always undersized. Yeah. So you know, if you're if you're five ten, you know, forget about basketball. You know, I, I like to I love to play with my friends. I played in high school, but that, that was it. And and yeah, with surfing again, I don't think I have a natural talent, but I just I just love going out there. If there's you know a slight forecast of you know any sort of waves, you're gonna find me at the beach. You know, while everybody else is is at home. So so that's my well, approach. Like <laughs> All right, uh, we're almost there. Just a couple of more to go. If you could change or redo anything about your marketing or the general general marketing approach, what would it be? fixed probably the lack of content that we have in terms of partnerships. So Referral Candy has always mm-hmm. been a very kind of content-driven company. So that's actually been one of our main marketing channels as a company. But I, I don't think we have enough partner content. It's something we've we've started fixing a, a few months ago. So I'm pretty excited about that. So that's a change that I'm excited about. Mm-hmm. All right. If you were given a one-minute ad slot during the Super Bowl <laughs> and you couldn't sell it and you had to use it, what would you fill it with? I would probably try to remind people, well, okay, yes. So I would be speaking to e-commerce store owners and I'll probably mm-hmm. ask them to remember when was the last time they got a recommendation or how many recommendations they've gotten in the past week. And I'm sure there's a lot of them. And that's a way, I guess it's a way of showing them the power of, of referrals. It's it's so mm-hmm. embedded in our daily life that they probably overlooked it. So yeah, it's just I would yeah. probably ask them to remind that. Bro, would you be tempted to give that slot to your to your best customer with an incentive for you all, like a referral. Oh, oh absolutely. Referral kicker. 
Absolutely. Yeah, that would be interesting. Social proof. All right. Well, Raul, this has been fantastic. Is there anything that I didn't ask you that you wished I would have asked you or that you would like for our audience to know? Mm, I don't know. It was, a, it was a pretty fun conversation. We touched a lot of different things and, and I like the rapid fire session. So yeah, I think we cover pretty much everything. Great. So where can people find you online, Raul? So they can find me on LinkedIn. They can also find me on the demo webinar that I mentioned earlier on our YouTube channel on just search for referral candy on YouTube. And then if they want to learn more about referral candy, it's referralcandy.com. Great. Well, thanks very much for being with me today, Raul. We've had a great conversation. Referral candy sounds like a rocket ship. So congratulations on the success so far. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for having me. All right. Take care. Another great episode in the books. Hope you enjoyed it. If you want to get notified when future episodes drop, be sure to subscribe to Paris Talks Marketing on your favorite podcast player. And to learn more about our growth marketing agency, visit hop.online. That's hop, H-O-P dot online. Have a great day.